0: Hey, expats and travelers, welcome to this week's episode sponsored by WorldPost.io, the virtual mailbox service powered by Anytime Mailbox. We'll get to the features and benefits a little later.
1: If you're interested in becoming an expat, whether you're moving to Portugal or another overseas location, I highly recommend you get your finances in order before you move.
0: Yes, it's actually really important that you do it before you go.
1: I know when we first got started, we did not do it that way. But if we knew John McNurtney at Green Ocean Global we would have gone to him as he's someone that is Lisbon-based and he is experienced with expat financial challenges. So he's a go-to person that we recommend.
0: Right. He can help you with long-term investments, financial systems, and international taxes.
1: And he's actually helped us and producer Dan has used him to explore what it would be like to move abroad and see if it would fit his family's current financial situation.
0: I think what's great about him is that he gives you personalized plans. He will look into your unique situation and he'll help you out.
1: And this is honestly what's super necessary because we get tax questions and finance questions on the YouTube channel and literally no background from the person that's asking us the question. So now we've started to point people to John.
0: Right, because everyone is different and everyone has their own unique situation. So you need an expert to help you out.
1: All right, so visit greenoceanglobal.net for contact information and further assistance. Check out the show notes below. Hello, and welcome, my emerging expat. You're tuned in to Let's Move to Portugal. I'm producer Dan, and I have the distinct honor of bringing you YouTube travelers and our resident Portugal experts, expats everywhere's Josh and Kaylee. Each week, they'll inspire, they'll educate, and they'll accompany you on your journey to Portuguese residency. This week on Let's Move to Portugal, Josh and Kaylee kick off the new year with an Italian adventure, starting in the vibrant city of Turin. They'll
0: take in the breathtaking sights, indulge in the local cuisine, and tackle the age-old question, would they expat that? This is an episode you definitely don't want to miss.
1: expats and travelers alike welcome back to the expats everywhere presents let's move to portugal podcast and this is a special one because we've actually just started a road trip in italy so we're not going to talk as much about portugal in this episode however we are going to draw some comparisons as we go along this whole road trip in each city we are going to talk about what we experienced and maybe if there's an equivalent portuguese city Uh, we did the same thing last august or september when we started to travel through spain we drew comparisons between the spanish cities that we visited then if you haven't heard that you can go check that out we will put the start of that kind of little series micro series in the description uh, section of this one But without further ado, Kaylee, how you doing in (laughs) turn?
0: The the standard question. (laughs) Um, I am doing all right. Doing well. Yeah, this is an interesting one because we really enjoyed comparing some of the I guess you could say, quote-unquote, smaller cities of Spain. Lesser the Portuguese known. cities. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, smaller in population area, but also lesser known. So we were yeah. really excited to do this as well in Italy because a lot of people know of Rome, of Florence, of Venice, but those are not the places that we are. We are going to be in, I guess, smaller places, but still yeah. some of them are quite large, but maybe lesser known, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. Raise your hand out there if you've heard of Turin um, and if you know it by its other name, Torino.
0: Right, that's the Italian version, right? I'll let you you go with the Italian words. I'll stick to English that's as I do <laughs> yeah, as I do so okay, so let's chat about Turin a little bit because yeah. um, beautiful city, right yeah, it what I think the thing that strikes me mm. the oddest is if it, it's big, it's a big city, yes, but if you look up things to do here and then you start doing those things, mm. you find that you could actually just it's spend. Small. One day, yeah, everything that you really want to look at or that you want to do yeah. is all in the same area. So I found so many guides on spending one day in turn and things to do, and they all had you know practically the same thing. So obviously you could spend a little more here, but the stuff to see is really concentrated in one area. And then when you get out of that area, it's a lot more of like the livable feel, right?
1: Yeah, for sure. I think that when people are planning a trip to Italy, and we're going to talk about this On kind of both sides of the coin, like what would it be like if you were a tourist here? What might it be like if you were living here? But for right now, let's kind of look at it from kind of a tourist lens where if you visit Italy and you check out Rome first, Rome is massive and it's worth minimum three days, but probably like a week to, to really do it justice. And especially if you're wanting to go and visit inside of museums and cathedrals and all that stuff. Turin, um, a lot of the guides say that you could do it in a day. I understand why. I think it's probably better to take two, maybe three days in Turin just to uh, just take your time and kind of enjoy being in the city. I think it might be fast if you like check in one day and then check out the next yeah, day. Yeah, I think so that too. seems crazy. That's
0: why I was shocked when so many guides were talking about how you could do it in a day because I guess you can. You can do it in a day. But you no, should That feels so
1: very American. Yeah, you shouldn't. Like just rush there's, through something.
0: There's a lot to do and, and if you want to go into places, you know, so, especially some, of, you know, the churches or if you want to do some of the shopping on the nice shopping street. Yeah. Um, you know, you go at more of a leisurely pace rather than it being quite frantic of trying to get everything in. So, I honestly think you need more than one day, for sure. Yes. Um, if you're, you know, if you don't have much time, then you could do it in a day, but I would definitely say one more than one day.
1: Okay. So let's talk about and touch on what it looks like visually in the city. So, oh man, there's, there's actually a lot to say. There's a a ton of things that we noticed. This is my second visit to Turin. And the first time I visited, I actually felt like it was a small uh, city, but this visit, I realized just how spread out it was. And I think the difference is the first time I visited, I just had like a tourist map and didn't have my phone. And with like Google map or Apple map, you can really see kind of how spread out stuff is and how just how, how big the city is. Okay. So there's that, but also micro getting on the streets. uh, We noticed that it's very dog friendly. However, a lot of people don't pick up after their dogs.
0: Yes, that's always a tough one. Uh, the dog poop, for sure. I do like how it's dog friendly. Loads of dogs um, on leashes or people carrying them because they they do have a lot of small dogs as well. But you see them at cafes, at restaurants, even going into shops. If they're on a leash, they go into a shop. Which, yeah. um, you know, we're dog people, so we like that. That's nice. It's it's nice to have that. Um, but yeah, the dog poop thing is tough. I think I remember seeing one girl pick up her dog poop, right? And yes. that's cause it was kind of like, it was like, we were funny. It was funny. We're, yes. we're sitting at a cafe having a coffee outside and this dog poops not like right in front of us, but like on the sidewalk kind of near us and she, she scooped the poop up in one of those bags and then ran it straight over.
1: It was a glove. Was a okay. Glove. I didn't yeah, realize it
0: was a glove and then ran over to the trash can and kinda like dumped all of it in. But also
1: like literally ran over the trash can, which was probably like a half a block away. Yeah. I mean it was the, the trash can wasn't nearby.
0: It was funny, but that's that's the only time I remember seeing someone pick up after their dog. Yeah. So you have to watch out for the dog pee, the dog yep. poop because there is a lot of it. There is. Um thankfully not not always straight down the middle of the sidewalk. A lot more on the sides. But if you're walking like three across, then someone's walking along the the wall. Yeah, of a just building. watch where you're
1: just watch <laughs> where you're stepping because yeah. for sure, like near the walls, and people just don't pick it up.
0: Okay, so, so down in the in the main area, um, I want to say two things. First, you're talking about your first visit and how you had an old school map. Um, yep. so yeah, I just want to say so so old school of you like mm-hmm. how how long ago was that quite a while?
1: Oof, 20 years yeah, so, uh, fifteen years. yeah,
0: so last time you were there and this is my first visit. So when I was down there, the like the one word that comes to mind is grand yes. Like, the architecture is just grand. It's like, it's it's so pretty and it's just so big and tiring, which uh, we'll get to this in a minute, but like trying to compare a, a Portuguese city.
1: Well, that's what where I was going to take it's it tough. next. Okay. It's, you can't. Like, yeah. you, you can't make a fair comparison between Turin and a Portu- Portuguese city. The closest thing would be a Lisbon, but it's not Lisbon. Turin is not Lisbon. No,
0: they they, they don't have the same feel, right? Definitely don't have the same I would, I would say Lisbon's
1: feel. more charming than Turin. Oh, okay. Yeah. Just, that's me.
0: Yeah um but just the grandness of of some of these buildings they're just really beautiful and i would say the upkeep is really good as well uh yeah. you know what i mean for them being so old but yeah. then they have this old uh feel and then there's also modern around not you know in the in the downtown area it's a lot more of the older feel but then you get out a little bit and you see a lot of modern stuff too so it's it's a pretty good mix yeah, of modern yeah it's a good architectural mix yeah, yeah sure. they do a great job of that
1: Yes. Um, I found public transportation to be fantastic. Like, honestly, the, the fact that they they do have a metro system, like an underground subway system, and then they also have buses. And trams. Trams. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of options. There's also the, uh, the bikes. Not bikes. The scooters. scooters.
0: Yeah, I think they had both. Anyway, they did. They had bikes and scooters.
1: Now, in saying that, with the transportation system... I would also like to add that it's extremely walkable in turn because it's flat and downtown in the city center, things are close together. Now from a living perspective, it's good that you have uh, public transportation uh, because having those options is really nice to get around the city. If you don't live on a Metro line, then you're taking a bus. And if that bus is on like one of the main streets, it's going to be packed. Oh we man, took, so we took we took buses quite a bit, and because we we don't have a car here, and it was really really busy.
0: I mean, just people shoved in. So for us, like there were times when we just there was no way we were getting on with the stroller. Yeah, but even still, if it was just the two of us, just like you know a, a couple getting on, like there's just no way. They're so like you're so shoved in, and even on the trams as well. You have, I mean, and the, the weird thing is, is they they run quite frequently. Mm. So, for that, they're just so busy. So, that was hard. But I would say this. Um, on the trams and the buses with the stroller, people were quite nice, like Very much. with trying to get off. So like the you know you'd have to kind of run over people's feet, scusi, scoozy like a lot. Um, yeah, you and- see
1: some Italian. <laughs> I know, scusy, yeah,
0: scusi, <laughs> scusi, uh, like the one word I know, and then I use a lot. Um, You know, and then if the bus doors like close or something, you'd get the Italians that would be yelling up at the bus driver to you know wait, wait, right? Spadì spadì, yeah. Uh, and it. then just trying to you know one time like the wheel was stuck on something because there was a, a person had a big bag of, I don't know, they were going to the market yeah, the selling wheel something hooked. that got hooked and, and yeah. I had a couple guys who were trying to help me, you know, <laughs> I'm like trying to jam off to get out the door. and um, So I would say that people were quite nice with trying to help. Yes. Not always Stressful. getting out of the way per se, like on the Metro, they have actual spots for wheelchairs and um, strollers, but people mm. just stand all up in there and they don't move over, you know, when they see you getting on.
1: You know what else was I think fascinating about the public transportation issue system whatever I shouldn't say issue but people didn't pay like yeah I don't know if people were riding on like day passes or or if they had already tapped and it was a transfer and then they weren't like retapping. But so many people just gone off and on without actually tapping anything.
0: Yeah. So we don't know exactly like how that works. Like if you have like a monthly pass, you clearly don't have to tap every time.
1: And purchasing a ticket doesn't happen on the bus. So don't expect to like roll up and just purchase a ticket on the bus. You have to do that at a at – a, authorized stand or a tobacco stand tobacco shop whatever
0: or the app so or the app i, I spoke the apps, the, I yeah oh man i spoke with the receptionist and um she got us start on the app which it, essentially if you look at it it's like this is great this works perfectly yep. um and a does. day pass uh, for unlimited rides on all of the the transportation is 370 so yep. it's like really good so we get it's that. like three
1: rides a day and you've yeah, cause it's maxed out – or not maxed out. You have paid for it. So.
0: Like if you just do a single journey like on the metro and get the car, it's two euro. If you do it beforehand like on the app or um, I think at a, like a tobacco shop or something, it's like 190. So if you do something like that. So it's it's a good deal but trying to use it – like so there are these like scanners on the buses and – you see, you have to validate it, so I scanned it to validate it, and then we got going. And I was like, "This didn't validate," although the thing you know blinked re- uh, green and made a noise, so it looked like it would validate. So I ended up self-validating. Yeah. But the issue was is we couldn't figure out how to how to get it to work on the metro. Yeah,
1: metro. So then we had to buy like a single journey on the metro.
0: Yeah. Crazy. Okay. I mean, it's. It, it, I think if you live there, you, you obviously you figure it out, and it's yeah. pretty good. But it was weird how it did seem like a lot of people weren't really paying. No free even, rides. Even, no security though. Even try- I saw.
1: Two girls like go through the metro turnstile because it's just one of those um,
0: open, closed, like glass door yeah, yeah, exactly. type things.
1: Panels. It's not yeah. an actual like bar. Yeah. Uh, that only one individual can go through. Yeah. They just
0: went together. Yeah. Like ta- tailgating,
1: piggybacking. Yeah. Yeah. Piggybacking.
0: Yeah. But I only saw security one time at a bus stop um, checking, like, like, checking tickets, tickets or whatever. Yeah. Like, it seemed like they got someone because they were talking with someone. But it's not – that's not like Porto in the sense that you don't want to oh, try to do a free ride in Porto. Are, in Porto. They are they're always like checking. That. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That was another thing I wanted to say, uh, just drawing a comparison between what happened on the bus, metro, and and how that compares to Porto. So people, like Kaylee said, were especially, like, helpful around the buses. But the metro was different in that people would stand in the section where strollers and wheelchairs go, and that doesn't happen in Porto. Like, people we'll more move. often than yeah. not recognize, you know, they're standing in a spot that is designated for a stroller or a wheelchair, and then they move.
0: Right. But So then but you're kind of like, all up in the, the way, but... But the
1: Italians that were standing there... Not uh, interesting. They were just like, okay.
0: So then you're kind of like up in the way in the middle part. So it's like, hey, you know what, when you try to get off you I'm gotta figure out up. how to get around me because you're yeah. standing in the spot that um you know that's meant to be me out of the way so yeah that is true but overall i would say people were quite nice there there is a it did seem like there's a high um migrant population yes. in in turn yep. um you know from
1: all over yeah like, yeah
0: uh big mix i think a big yes. mix um, and some of the people on the bus that some of them were the nicest actually the guys like trying to help yes. me get off the stroller. I think were from Nigeria or yeah. Ghana or something um uh, you'd hear them speaking English sometimes too, yeah, with they were each like, other. They were like
1: uh, English words thrown in some other language, yeah, you um know, I heard I heard some of them Because, oh, well.
0: you know there are plenty of there wasn't there was, an, there was an
1: argument that, between two guys and and Nigeria was one of the countries that was said. Like in English.
0: Yeah. No, I mean like there are a lot of the some of those, you know, African countries that where they do speak English. So I I did hear that, um, you know, maybe I I did hear a lady who had a a kid Mm. and she was speaking Italian to like someone on the bus, like, you know, you know, I think asking for help, but then when she spoke to her child it it was in English.
1: English. I heard that too.
0: Um, but not American or British or Australian or anything, like definitely from one of like the African Look countries. African I would race. say I saw a lot of like Nigerian and um, Ghanaian uh, influence at the stores and stuff. Oh, Flags sure. yes, and, yes, yes. and things like that. So maybe a high population there. But um, yeah, it did, did feel like there was a quite a mix of uh, nationalities in mm-hmm. Turin, uh, which was well, interesting even, at the markets.
1: Well, even in – so Kaylee and I stayed at a Novotel that was north of the city. So it was like outside of the city center. And there was a a quite well-known bakery that was there. Probably the best bakery that...
0: That was that, gospel?
1: Be- yeah, gospel right food. Yeah. yeah was, so went meat. in there and <laughs> I stumbled through my Italian trying to order stuff. And there wasn't a menu or anything. Everything was on like... It was written in this font that was a little difficult for me to focus on
0: (laughs) (laughs) fancy font
1: yeah fancy font so it was like is this just decoration or is this actually the menu so the girl uh the girl behind the the counter you know said that she spoke english which she did and you know it was like basically like here this column here these are all of the foods that we have and then over here these are all the drinks that we have and i was like ah okay got it like i understand what's going on now and then when I went to pay, we just, you know, were chit chatting. And she said that she was uh, of Moroccan descent. Oh, okay. But I mean, she's Italian, but of yeah. Moroccan descent. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think that ha- happens a lot for sure.
1: Worldpost.io is powered by anytime mailbox, which means you can get your mail anytime, anywhere, even on your smartphone.
0: And they really have competitive pricing with their lowest package starting at $5 per month.
1: Here's a cool feature they have. WorldPost can relay things from the U.S. to Europe. So that includes documents.
0: (laughs) Amazon purchases. Amazon purchases.
1: (laughs) And you can get it to Portugal.
0: And they have a variety of packages. Some include secure shredding, free junk mail filters, and things like that.
1: I bet you love that junk mail filter.
0: Oh, lots of junk mail. I sign up for a lot of newsletters.
1: She's not joking. So if you're interested in worldpost.io, you can visit the website or check the link in the show notes below.
0: Okay, let's talk about Lusitano Dreams because what they're offering is really great.
1: Yeah, it definitely is. And Dallas actually has grown Lusitano Dreams since we first met him. So he's really getting his process dialed in. The thing that I like about it is it removes the barrier and, and choke point of the proof of accommodation because that's been one of the biggest things that the D7 and the D8 for the like the long-term people have had problems with, right?
0: Yeah, it's definitely something that is really hard to lock yourself into sight unseen. But here you can have a legitimate contract. You can rest assured that it's going to be a soft landing because you're coming into a furnished place in a good location, in a livable location, until you can kind of get your bearings and figure out where you really want to live.
1: And the cool thing about it is that they can start your lease when you arrive. So you're not like burning a few months. Of, of cash essentially paying for an apartment or paying for a lease that you're not using.
0: Yeah, that's one that's really hard to negotiate trying to get a lease that starts when you want to arrive and not when you are actually applying. So the fact that they offer that as a service to where you're not, like you said, burning those months saves you a lot of money.
1: Yep, Lusitano Dreams offers visa-friendly proof of accommodation. So that could be for the D7 visa or the D8 visa. And their properties include detached houses, apartments, room rentals as well in different locations like Lisbon, Cascais, Lule and they're expanding too. So uh, soon to be Porto and quite possibly Silver Coast.
0: Yeah, which is really exciting.
1: So check out Lusitano Dreams for more information. We have a link in the show notes below.
0: Well, while we're on the topic of food, um, let's chat about they've got table fees. That's something to be aware of.
1: Yes. So Um, the table fees were like one to two euros everywhere we went. Uh, They were always charging something. And the table fee would be a a cover fee for the fact that you're sitting there and uh, also the bread, if they bring bread. So that's a bit different than Portugal. Portugal, you can opt out of the table fee by not. Taking, consuming the kind of the, the free stuff they give you. Like if they put down bread or olives, olives or something, or yeah. Whatever it is. Um,
0: if you choose not to, to have it, then you don't get charged. If yeah. you do. Or you just
1: refuse it, like they bring it and you're like, no, I, I don't want yeah. it. Then they, they'll take it away and you don't and get you charged. And you don't pay anything. It. Yeah. That's by law.
0: But here in Turin it's just a standard one or two that's going to go on your check and they're going to bring you like that little bread or little nibbles uh, mm. and whether you eat it or not you're paying for it. So it's kind of all inclusive there, but it's mainly to be sitting at the restaurant you have that. But on the other hand, you, like that's you don't tip, right? I mean, so Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean I I, I did notice not? on a few of the bills cuz Kaylee doesn't generally take care of the bill at the end of the no. the meal. I get um, see ya. Yeah. Out the door. <laughs> um, at the bottom, in Italian, it'll say like "service not included," oh. mean, meaning that um, they didn't add a, an extra service charge. So if you want to tip, you can tip. I don't, I don't see very many people tipping. It's not a tipping. Culture. When you pay with a card, it's not like they ask you.
0: You don't well, have, do You want to well, add? 10% yeah, you don't or have, or you don't have a sign. line, right? Don't have sign a line or whatever. Nope, so none of that. So you can leave some change. That's you know exactly. that's typical European. Typical
1: European right standard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I do want to mention where you talked about the food, bringing little nibbles. Uh, Turin is known for their their aperitif culture.
0: Oh, yes. And
1: boy, do they do it well. So aperitif is like a before dinner drink. Um, I don't know. What time would you say people take it? Five to seven, five to eight maybe?
0: Yeah, and there were signs that were saying too like that it ended at six. I remember seeing a few of those. So I think you don't do it past seven.
1: that's for the – Oh, I can't remember the word in Italian, but it's basically like—is it apercine? Apercine. Okay. So it's basically like an aperitif, and then also a bit of Snacky. bit of supper, bit of a yeah. uh, bit of a heavier. I mean, I guess ap- we'd say it's like tapas, laveres. like right? It's like tapas. It's, like tapas. Tapas. it's a tapas culture.
0: Yeah, yes. in but that it, sense, it's just different pre-meal, and then you eat late, You eat actual dinner later. So that is fun. But It's heavy.
1: So I mean, yeah. like it can be heavy. So you can skip just dinner. Do that. You could just do a couple drinks. Get your
0: tapas. (laughs) Your Italian tapas. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And just do that. And um, the Aperol spritz, that's good. They use Aperol here. And
1: and it's generally free. Like if Mm. if you just get a drink and then that bar serves these appetizers, then that's… Part of it. Yeah. You know, free.
0: And then you just move on. It's actually, I mean, it obviously sounds really similar to the, like when we were doing this on the podcast at the end of season one, but for Spain. Yeah. And we were, what city we were in where it was like we, you just hop, you get a drink, you get some tapas, and you Lerogno. pay for it. Yeah. Oh, man, that place was good. Yeah. Um, you know, a little similar. Like those you would pay for, but each bar kind of had their own thing um, that they gave. So it, yeah. it's kind of like that culture, right? Yeah, it's for similar. sure.
1: Well, you can do the aperitif I I might be butchered that. I don't <laughs> know if that's actually the word. But, but you can do that thing where you, you go to one of these bars that you get an aperitif in. For example, Apidol Spritz or a, a Campari soda or something like that, or beer wine. You go there and you'll pay a set fee, eight euro maybe, for a buffet of these little appetizers. So it could be like that. Yeah. But I don't, I don't know. I don't think people would bar hop at that point. Like you go there, yeah, that's more. It's unlimited food. It's buffet. No,
0: no, you wouldn't bar hop that way.
1: And you have a couple drinks.
0: Yeah, so a little different, but but it it could be
1: a very good way to save, enjoy the culture, and and also save on maybe higher dinner prices, and still get a full belly.
0: Yeah, and try different things for sure. Um, And I think just like most places in Europe, um, when you're at a restaurant, you pay for bottled water, things yep. like that.
1: That's, you know, it's pretty commonplace across Europe, isn't it? That yeah. that it's almost like an expectation to order water.
0: Yeah, you get to choose still or sparkling. <laughs> yeah,
1: and it'll generally be between like two upwards of five euros for a 750 centiliter bottle of water. Yeah, a glass like bottle. A, like a wine bottle size uh so that's a that's a bit of a bummer i did see in one cafe that we went to it was funny cuz this was in english there was a a filling station a water filling station and it said free filtered water
0: in english, in english
1: not in italian that's interesting yeah it was at that really nice cafe kind of near the uh, the train station yeah especially coffee cafe
0: yeah, that is interesting. I think more, a lot more, especially coffee places, they offer yeah. water because you know in Italy ha- yeah. it's also common when you order a coffee they give you a little, you water. A little water, like it's like a little shot glass I of water. She so thinks love that that's that. her water. <laughs> She's like, it's a perfect size cup for me, but I do like that as well. You get. I wish everywhere did that. Yeah, it makes sense. It's so nice
1: filtered water it doesn't taste funky.
0: No, but so yeah, <laughs> you get your little whether it's a shot of espresso or something that has milk in it, and then you also get a little glass of water as well.
1: That's right. Yeah. At at Gospel Food actually we had coffees and they gave us uh, not quite shot glasses. They were a little larger, but it was um from a a tap system and it was uh sparking water.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. that's right. Mm-hmm.
1: Which I thought was great sipping on it with the coffee to just
0: cleanse clean, the palate. Cleanse the palate. Yep. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah, really good.
1: Turin. Uh flat to walk, um, to get around. I thought that was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And um
0: big, yeah. beautiful, grand.
1: Yeah. If you're traveling there, you know, and have mobility issues, don't feel uh, yeah, bad. Don't feel like it's gonna be too much. You'll be fine.
0: Let's talk about living there though. Yep. So if we're you know, obviously you've got that center area that, that brings in a lot more tourism because of the sites. Um so that wouldn't be a fun place to live. I mean, it wouldn't feel Like you're, you know, you're living, normal life, right? Normal living. It would feel like
1: you're living in a city. I mean, depending on what street you're on for sure. But I think all of that downtown area, it would feel like big city living. Yeah. Like, okay, I don't want to say it's got the culture of like a London, a New York, a Paris, but I think it would have that kind of- Buzz. Big city feel, buzz.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I get what you're saying. I don't think I don't want to live down there. I don't want that to there. get
1: lost on people though. I'm not comparing Turin to to those megacities. No,
0: no, you can't. Um, but you also have the option of living a little further out, but still being connected to the public transportation. And it feels it gives you a little more space. It still feels like a city, but a little more space, bigger roads, and maybe more some green spaces, more playgrounds, things like that. Because you know, down the middle part, you didn't really get much of that. Didn't see it. Yeah. Um, so you could feel like you're living in a city, but not super crazy, I suppose. So there are spots on the, you know, not that I don't want to say the outskirts, but around a little further out that might be a little nicer living. Yeah. But yeah. like we said before, you can't really compare. There's not really a comparison of a Portuguese city no. to Turin. No. It's quite unique in not that sense.
1: No, yeah. I mean, Porto is much smaller than Turin and the closest you would have is Lisbon, but the, the feel of Lisbon, kind of the, the riverside feel of, of Lisbon versus anything that you've got in Turin is not the same.
0: The climate the, too. The,
1: big, the climate's different. The big city buzz is more in Turin than it is in Lisbon, yeah, I think. I agree. Um, I would say overall, Lisbon feels much more livable than Turin.
0: yeah. I agree with that.
1: Let me ask you this, though. We're, we're, we're to that point where I need to ask you, would you expat that?
0: I'm going to say no. I would not expat Turin. I think it's a good visit, um, but I wouldn't live there. I don't know. It was just a little too too busy for me. Something about the vibe. You know how I like to use that word, vibe. Yeah. Uh, wasn't feeling it. What about you?
1: Nope. I wouldn't. Why? I wouldn't. Um, I think that there were, outside of the center, there were maybe – safety ah. issues. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah.
0: It felt a little dodgier. It
1: felt dodgier. Not I don't know if it, it was any dodgier, but it just felt dodgier. It it felt like it felt like most Italians drove. So there was this kind of like personal space issue. Not issue, but like safety concern, right? Uh-huh. And then there were there were non Italians that were taking and uh, lower socioeconomic People taking the um, public, public transportation. Um, yeah, so I think that I don't know it. It felt it felt less safe, and even at the the restaurant we went to near the hotel, which was outside of the city center, uh, the guy was like worried about the stroller being so close to the door.
0: Yeah, we collapsed not, it and not kind not of moved it off the it side. No, huh. no, no. He right. he did tell me that he moved it because of safety. So, yeah, so I guess there is. uh, Although that pizza was really good. Pizza was was really good. Yeah.
1: I don't know if it's worth a trip
0: um, (laughs) there because, well, I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of places that have amazing pizza, and we will definitely be getting more into food as we continue on this journey because we're going to be going to some interesting places for food.
1: Yeah. I mean, we're going to be going to the kitchen of Italy, right? Bologna is nicknamed the "The kitchen. Oh, is it? I didn't, I don't know. So, I think that's his nickname because of the
0: bolognese.
1: Parma is famous for its, its Parmesan ham and cheese.
0: Cheese, yep. Yeah. Good stuff.
1: But yeah, overall, I think Turin would be a place that definitely one should visit. It's certainly safer than most uh, major. American sense.
0: <laughs> And European cities, too, right? I mean, I some think, major yeah. European cities, too. You
1: know, I looked it up on Numbio, and it was kind of moderate, moderate mm. safety. Moderate, yeah. Uh, and there's there's going to be places that we go on this trip that are, are significantly safer. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Statistically significantly safer. So uh, I think we start out with the dodgiest, too. And then, um, <laughs> and then... And then it gets safer. And then it gets safer as uh. we go. So we just have to survive until... <laughs> So, Parma.
0: Okay, so then we're both no for Turin. Next stop is. Genoa. Genoa in English.
1: Genova. <laughs> Genova.
0: Yeah. In Italian. Genova. The home of Christopher Columbus.
1: Yeah, well, actually, his home is there. <laughs> yeah, so.
0: yeah. He's from there. <laughs> and you can see his home, which I look forward to. But that's the next episode.
1: All right. We will see you on the next episode. Bye. Bye. Now let's
0: get moving!
1: So listener, we know that you are preparing to move to Portugal.
0: We did everything ourselves for the D7 visa. So we have a DIY D7 course. We also have a DIY remote worker course now since they've split those up.
1: And if you're already here, we have a living in Portugal course for you. Now, the difference between the D7 and the D8 or the Digital Nomad Visa course that you could get is if you have active income, you should be getting the Digital Nomad or D8 course. If you have passive income, you should be getting the D7 course. And we have a special promotion for anybody that is a listener of this podcast. If you type in podcast at checkout, you will get $15 off.
0: So these will just guide you through exactly what you need. They stay up to date as things change. And once you purchase it, it's yours for life. So if you're not ready to go now, you can still get it and take a look and you can use it later on.
1: And Kaylee is a mad lady and she is always updating the course so that it doesn't fall out of date.
0: Well, I have to because they're always changing things. And so it has to stay up to date. That's facts. Thank you so much for joining us this week on Let's Move to Portugal. Contact info for all the services mentioned are in the show notes. If you like the show, please subscribe. If you love the show, please tell a friend, connect with us on our socials. And if you want to help us out, give us a review on your podcast player. Expats Everywhere presents Let's Move to Portugal is produced by Time or Money Productions.
1: Expats Everywhere researches our guests and we do our best to provide factual and relevant information at the time of the recording. Despite our best efforts, we can make no guarantees as to the accuracy of what you've heard in this episode. We highly recommend that you do your own research and check your own facts.